You're listening to Berlin Psychoanalytic Podcast. This episode is part of the series on mentalization. 4. Mentalization-based treatment with Dr. Nicolas Lorenzini. The experience of um, analysis with children who are under five, uh, which is happening from the beginning of psychoanalysis, but has always had a little bit of a special flavor because uh, you can see uh, right now how development is going on and what are the things that you would need to like scaffold or help with in order to get a child to stop with symptoms or to or just to develop certain capacities that we all have to develop at some point and also the experience of therapy or psychoanalysis uh, with more severe personality disorders for example has been a source of inspiration for the theory of mentalizing. The theory of mentalizing, which I explained in another video, actually, apart from being a very interesting theory about uh, how we develop this capacity of think about our own mental states and the mental states of other people, has been developed into a psychotherapy. as a kind of psychoanalytic psychotherapy called mentalization-based treatment. Mentalization-based treatment is a psychotherapy that started being used in people diagnosed with borderline personality disorder who are patients that might be really challenging to treat with psychotherapy on the one hand for which there is no psychopharmacology that is actually effective and is also a disorder or a group of disorders we could say that are um, really damaging for people in several ways basically the two main characteristics of a borderline personality disordered person would be a lack of integration of their own identity, meaning that they would think about themselves things that are completely opposed, but just in a, in a short span of time. And that would happen also with the people around them. So they would be oscillating between loving someone and hating the guts of that someone with almost no reason and in a short time. And there is another big symptom, which is emotional dysregulation. So when a person with, that has been diagnosed with borderline personality disorder feels something, that feeling, that emotion has a lot of risks of becoming completely invasive and uh, to stick to that moment and to not resist any kind of examination, to not resist any proposal of an alternative way of seeing things, feeling things, interpreting reality. And that it's really, really damaging for people because as any other personality disorder, it appears at the moment in our life in which we're defining a lot of stuff. Like it happens at the beginning of adulthood, the end of adolescence. So uh, it's the moment in which you're like kind of deciding what you're going to do with the rest of your life professionally. It's when many people meet who will be the love of their life. Uh, there are many, many important things that are happening in this, uh, the beginning of adulthood that they could be actually obstaculized, like hindered by not being able to regulate your own emotions and not knowing very well who you are or who are other people. So mentalization-based treatment, it's a way to try to help these people recovering this capacity of thinking about their own mental states, thinking about the mental states of others, and trying to avoid that mental states become either too real 
which obviously comes with like emotional uh, dysregulations and we saw like if what I think and feel is real obviously uh, it's going to be even more threatening it's going to be re re really difficult to change by oneself to the fact that we could get to extremes of like suicide for example if I'm sad normally if I'm sad and I'm able to regulate it being it by just calming myself down or distracting myself or looking for another person I love and like and that they could uh, also contain me. When all that fails, we're normally talking about a borderline way of being and it could get super far. It could, and that's why this, this kind of disorders also have this like very damaging consequences that could even be physical in the sense of self-harm and, and suicide. Mentalizing, it's gonna help them to put this, let's say, to relativize what happens in your mind to be able to accept that there are different perspectives with which to look at reality, with which to feel reality. They will give us this space of thinking that Freud already was talking about in 1911, which between the immediacy of the feeling and the real world, when we can put mentalizing as a way of thinking about my own experience of need or what is going on in another person's mind, I can actually give me a second to calm down, give me a second to build uh, my own identity, to go like, well, I would like this to happen, but maybe not necessarily will happen. You can relativize then what's going on in your mind. But on the other hand, it helps this therapy to not do much of the rel relativization as well. I mean, the mind, even though it's different from the real world, it does have consequences. So to achieve that equilibrium between my thinking being completely separated from reality or being equated to reality is one of the things that this therapy does. How does it do it? It, do, it does it in a very different way that we, are think, we are, that we are used to think of psychoanalysis. Because what's been happening with the people who invented this psych therapy, psychoanalysts, is that sometimes when they do interpretation and listen to, to people and, and those, those patients talk about their fantasies and, and their thinking and the way they feel, one of the things that we assume is that we are talking, when I interpret that and I find like a, a hidden meaning of those things, I actually am assuming that I'm, just, I'm talking just about feelings, just about thinking, just about the way that that patient has to look at their thinking and feeling. But for these kind of patients, many times they're not just talking about their feelings, which are just feelings. They're talking about reality. I mean, we see, we think that we're talking about something that is relative, that is uh, just the way that person in particular thinks or feels. But actually for them, it would have the quality of reality, for example. What we do then is not trying to interpret. How are we going to interpret something that has only one interpretation and that any other, per any other perspective would be resisted and impossible to treat? It's by slowly, very slowly, starting to analyze when was mentalization lost. I mean, mentalizing this capacity, every time one gets a bit, a bit of arousal or anxiety or even love, everything that has to do with an increase in feeling, in affect, we lose the capacity and we, more or less, it happens to all of us, but especially to these patients, we lose the capacity of thinking or feeling about thoughts and feelings. So one of the things we do in psychotherapy, for example, is to try to keep emotions to a bearable level. 
In many cases, for example, for ex when we treat people who are uh, neurotic as different from borderline and where they talk about their impressions of their thinking and feeling and not necessarily about the reality of their thinking and feeling, we interpret, we find a hidden meaning and if that person gets really emotional at that point, we let them be emotional. We let them work that through. We create for every therapy like a, a secure attachment environment in which people can feel those feelings. In the case of mentalization-based treatment, not necessarily. If the emotional arousal start being too much, we're going to actually try to stop it and bring it down because we don't want that, our patients to completely lose their capacity to treat thinking and feeling as just thinking and feeling. So how do we do that? First of all, just by understanding what's going on with that person and tell them that we understand them. And that is really important because we're not going to try to offer uh, a different interpretation, a different perspective about what they're thinking and feeling. We're just going to validate what they're thinking and feeling as their reality. And that normally brings anxiety and every kind of affect a bit down. But then after the affect is down, we're going to go to the moment in which the affect, the increase of affect, broke the capacity of mentalizing. And we're going to go there once we are easy with our patient and try to analyze and repeat that little moment in which that happened. That could have been something that the, the therapist said, something that uh, they were remembering from their work, from the job, etc., etc. And we're going to go there and show them how it could have been different. And that's it. And that is going to be repeated and repeated and repeated and repeated. The most important thing for a mentalizing treatment is that we offer a secure place in which feelings can be felt, thoughts can be thought about, but secure enough in order not to lose their capacity to treat them only as thinking and feeling, which is a capacity that is easily lost in this kind of patients. This kind of therapy and the same rationale with obviously different techniques here and there is now being used for other different personality disorders, like for example, narcissistic personality disorder, antisocial personality disorder, and other disorders that we were considering that they were quite severe, and they're still severe, but now we have a way to treat them, which is, it could be eating disorders, for example, psychopathy, for example, and also depression, especially when it's more severe, and in the work with families, the concept of mentalization treatment can be translated to school and teach children about empathy and, and it's, it's really useful in order to, for example, decrease violence in school and bullying, etc, etc. You just try to not teach people necessarily how to mentalize, but to open a space in which mentalizing, which is a capacity that is going to develop, it doesn't matter what happens, it's going to develop unless it's got an obstacle. What we have to do is just like take this obstacle off the road, this canal in which mentalization is going to be developing through. It's not that we're going to teach anything to our, to our patients, it's just trying to create an environment in which they feel safe to explore their own minds and to explore the mind of the analyst. To hopefully, once they are out of our session, which can happen once or twice a week, for example, these people go and try to do the same with their environment, especially if their environment is benign. If we are treating someone who has an antisocial personality disorder and once they get out of our clinic, they go back to the group in which like antisocial behavior is the behavior that is accepted or drug uh, abuse is the behavior that is accepted. Our 
therapy is not going to work really well. So we need to create this space in which to try out these new abilities and then we need a benign space outside in order for this, those abilities to actually translate into the real life of this patient. Thank you for listening. For more content, subscribe to our podcast or find us on our YouTube channel. Psychoanalysis should be free.